Alright, isang magandang gabi po sa inyong lahat. Maraming salamat po ulit sa inyong pagpanonood uh, ng Breakthrough with Boris Joaquin. Ako si Boris Joaquin at ito po ang aming programa na naghahatid ng mga breakthrough principles, practices, and some inspirations, motivation for you to use in your life and even in your leadership. Sa amin pong uh, uh, panglimang episode, grabe na mahinga kami for a while. Kung naalala niyo nagkaroon pa kami ng episode Kay RJ Ledesma, and a lot of you enjoyed that because we talked about how you want to build your small business and how do you thrive as an entrepreneur. Ngayon naman ay pag-uusapan natin ang ating ekonomiya. Pero bago tayo pumunta dyan, bago natin pag-usapan itong napakahalaga at napakagandang topic na meron tayo. Meron kayong exciting guests dito sa Breakthrough. Uh, nais ko lang muna pasalamatan ng isa sa mga, isa sa mga grupo na tumulong sa atin sa pagtataguyod ng aming live streaming uh, adventure in the last two years. Of course, Philippine Star, uh, One News PH, tsaka career, uh, yung career guide have been live streaming together with our Facebook page in Salt and Light Ventures and you're probably watching it right now. Pero alam niyo pa ang napakahalaga rin when it comes to live streaming is meron kang stable internet. <laughs> Minsan pumapalya, hindi, hindi ganun ka-consistent. So one of the, one of our reliable partners sa breakthrough I see Open Space. Open Space is a co-working space uh, in Katipunan Quezon City. So right now I am this is made possible because I get to use their wonderful space and I get to use their high-speed internet in order to connect to you. So I would just like to give a shout out to our sponsoring partner o- Open Space because they have provided for previous live streams and especially for this one so that we can make it possible for you to watch this show, for us to stream the show and for you to watch it with us. So again, maraming salamat, Open Space. So for today po, mahalaga po ng ating pag-uusapan. Kung naalala niyo sa balita, nung nakaraang May 26, President-elect Ferdinand Marcos Jr. in-announce niya yung appointments ng kanyang economic team, si uh, Benjamin Diokno as Department of Finance Secretary, si Alfredo Pascual uh, to the Department of Trade and Industry, at si Manuel Bonoan to the Department of Public Works and Highways. Ine-emphasize ng incoming administration yung focus nila in steering the economy out, out of where it is right now. Sabi ni President-elect Marcos, priority, first priority talaga nila ang ekonomiya. That is why napaka-ingat nila sa pagpili ng bubuo na kanilang economic team. Earlier, um, before, uh, earlier than, uh, than May 26, si Arsenio uh, Balisakan has been tapped to return to his old job as Economic Planning Secretary and Head of the National Economic Development Authority. The economic team is very critical. Actually, we look forward natin lahat yun, lalo na sa business community. And, and President-elect Marcos really believes that he has found the best people who would look forward to anticipate yung mga kondisyon sa Pilipinas at sa buong mundo. Ay, yung mga local business groups na nakakausap ko, ano sila? They're giving the thumb up, thumbs up to the appointees. Uh, pero still, ang, ang isang napaka, ang malaking realidad natin ay yung tindi ng economic challenges na kakaharapin itong economic team na to. Kahapon lang, uh, medyo nagulantang tayo ng old ng oil prices, di ba? Maski ako parang, wow, ang lakas, ang laki na. Ayoko na yatang pumunta sa ibang syudad. Di na, live stream na lang tayo parate. Let's just do everything virtually para wala ng transportation expenses. So what we did for this episode is that we invited 
uh, outgoing NEDA Secretary Carl Kendrick Chua para maging panauhin natin sa gabing ito. Kilala ninyo si Secretary Carl Chua. Uh, he just joined NEDA last April 20, 2020. Uh, his top priorities upon being appointed as uh, Socioeconomic Planning Secretary amid the COVID-19 crisis includes, uh, and you all know this, I, I see this in the malls, yung national ID system, uh, yung economic recovery plan, and of course, the Build Build program. Prior sa kanyang pagiging uh, NEDA secretary, he was undersecretary for the Strategy, Economics, and Results Group of the Department of Finance. In his capacity, natulungan niya ang gobyerno uh, in implementing its 10-point socioeconomic agenda by ensuring the equitable and sustainable financing through the Comprehensive Tax Reform Program. Alam niyo yung, ano, yung, yung train law, di ba? Yung tax reform for acceleration and inclusion. And he was also critical in the passage of three pieces of legislation increasing excise taxes on sin products such as tobacco, alcohol, and e-cigarettes to fund the universal health care program. Prior to joining the government, uh, Secretary Carl was one of World Bank's senior country economists for the Philippines in his capacity uh, he has advised the government on strategies and policies to attain more inclusive growth, the type that creates more and better jobs and reduces poverty. Uh, he was with the World Bank for 12 years. Yeah, talagang, I know, uh, he is the right person to talk to when it comes to the economic outlook in the country. Please welcome uh, to our show, Breakthrough, Secretary Carl Kendrick Chua. Magandang gabi, Boris, at sa mga nanonood sa atin. Magandang gabi rin. Maraming salamat, Secretary Carl. Alam ko, you're, you're very busy. Sa, uh, ako po'y natutuwa na pinaunlakan mo kami sa aming imbitasyon. Thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. Um, Na-quote na ka sa, in, in, one of, in one of the many articles, I think na-quote ka into saying that you were optimistic uh, in what's going to happen in the next few years. And uh, of course, the media would normally balance that. So I, I want to begin with that. And that's the title of our episode as well, the, the economic outlook of the country. Uh, are you optimistic about it? And if you are, uh, why so? Well, you know, the economy that we are leaving at, or bequeathing to the next administration has very solid foundations. Uh, First of all, we have built on top of the reforms done by previous administrations, especially mm -hmm. in macroeconomic management. And in the Duterte administration, we were able to pass 16 game-changing reforms in tax reform, in infrastructure, in national ID, universal health care, rice tarification, and many others. So the foundation is actually very strong. Uh, that is why uh, we are very optimistic. Uh, currently, we are facing external-driven risk. So, what does this mean? While the economy, the domestic economy, is very strong, we are being buffeted by at least three external risks. So, the first is the Russia-Ukraine conflict yeah. that is sending uh, imported inflation to the country. Food prices have gone up, oil prices have gone up, uh, not because our economy is weak, but because there is global conflict. And we are indirectly affected. The second mm -hmm. is the uh, slowdown of the Chinese economy. And the third is the what we call the monetary normalization in the US. So while we are facing external risks, our domestic economy is very strong. 
and we have seen uh, an 8.3% growth rate in the first quarter. So uh, we have to build on all these accomplishments and to do the succeeding reform programs to make our economy even stronger. So with, with that, uh, I remain optimistic, but all of us will have to work together to get our country in a faster pace of growth. Of course. Can I just follow up long two things that you said a while ago? Uh, one is uh, the slowdown of the of the economy in China. Can you expound that a little bit long? Because I think the concern is um, we found China to be quite an ally in the country in building its economy in the Duterte administration. Uh, do you refer to the, COVID, the effect of COVID to China? Uh, is there more to that? Well, I'm referring uh, to the spike in COVID in China that had led to some uh, uh, higher level of quarantines and lockdowns, as you have seen in key Chinese cities, that's affecting their economy. And our trade link with China is very strong. Uh, we are, uh, China is one of the biggest trade partners of the Philippines. So that is primarily where uh, we are seeing some effect. Now, China is also a very big economy and its trade links with the rest of the world is also very uh, strong. You know, the Philippines, we export to China parts mm -hmm. and they are assembled in China, your final goods like your uh, iPhone, your laptops, uh, all these are assembled in China and they are sold eventually to other countries. So uh, that is one reason why uh, we are seeing some risk from the slowdown of the Chinese economy. Okay. And, and the second thing that I want to follow up, you did mention that you're optimistic because uh, the first quarter gross, uh, gross domestic product growth is, is high. Uh, relative to the previous uh, quarters. But, uh, Secretary, hindi ba ito dahil nagka-election lang tayo, kaya mataas yung ano? Uh, well, no. Uh, the main reason is we opened the economy. Uh, in the first quarter of 2021, our growth was negative 4. Mm. In the first quarter of 2022, we were able to address the Omicron surge in 3 to 4 weeks. And we opened the economy. By the middle of February, we were in alert level 2. By March, we were in alert level one. We mm -hmm. opened all sectors of the economy. Wala nang capacity restrictions. Tourism is uh, triple uh, than it was a year ago. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone can go out, including children. Ang kulang na lang face-to-face schooling, which I can discuss later. Uh, that is the single biggest driver of the economy. Our economy has always been uh, strong. However, during the pandemic, we artificially restricted the economy from operating. It's not because there's no market. We just kept people at home. But since we have reopened the economy, then we are uh, seeing uh, significant improvements uh, in all aspects of the economy. So that, that is the, the driver of the 8.3% growth. Now, election spending is always a contributing factor. Uh, but the main reason is the reopening of the economy. Okay. I'm glad that you pointed that out. And I do believe you that prior to the pandemic naman talaga, uh, medyo maganda yung takbo ng ekonomiya natin. Um, another thing that you mentioned a while ago, which I like, bilanggit mo na ano, uh, the good points that the Duterte administration has done. But you also mentioned in a very objective way, you are building on the foundation of previous administrations. Can, can you just mention a little bit about that? Ano yung 
ano yung nag-leverage kayo na maganda na nakatulong sa kung ano yung ginawa ng Duterte administration in the last six years? Well, um, you know, since the administration of President Arroyo, then Aquino, uh, these two governments or administrations have done a lot of reforms, which we continued. And not only did we continue, we built on them, we expanded them. Uh, let me give some examples. Um, the Arroyo administration uh, was able to address our fiscal problems. The Aquino administration continued this uh, policy of fiscal prudence or being fiscally responsible. In other words, you spend within your means. And if you want to spend more, you raise the revenue. So the Duterte, Duterte administration, we wanted to build more infrastructure. We wanted to give free college tuition. We wanted to give universal health care. But we did not uh, borrow everything. That's uh, unsustainable. We did the tax reform to raise uh, some revenues as our equity contribution. So that is what I mean by building on top of the administration. We did not, uh, we did not uh, reverse some of the policies. Continue, uh, we, yeah. we, we continued them and even improved. The, the, the Aquino administration uh, increased the excise tax on tobacco products, yeah. called the Syntax Law of 2012. In the Duterte administration, we increased it uh, further because we felt that young people should be discouraged from smoking and we need money for the universal health care. So these are, this is what I mean by building on top and, make in, and delivering um, more reforms. Okay. Now, sorry, last, last follow-up on the same question. Uh, we both know, we all know that R.C. Balisakan is coming back. Do you think that's an advantage uh, uh, going back to the same position he held during the uh, when he was part of the Aquino administration? Well, uh, certainly I know him well. Uh, he would be a great asset to the Marcos government. Uh, his experience uh, in government in three departments, NEDA, Department of Agriculture, and the Philippine Competition Commission. So he'll, he'll bring a lot of experience and confidence to the uh, economic uh, team. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, Secretary Carl, alam natin na ano, uh, and you can comment on this, na yung Pilipinas is, uh, uh, suffered the second biggest economic contraction in Southeast Asia because of uh, uh, the lockdowns and the aversions and all. Um, you can comment on that. And I, I want to ask your opinion. What, what do you think uh, that new administration should be doing in order to facilitate yung continuous positive economic growth that we could have? in the coming in the next six years well okay we entered the pandemic with one of the strongest economies in the world uh, prior to the pandemic we were averaging six percent growth our inflation was averaging three percent we achieved the lowest ever in our history uh, poverty rate unemployment rate underemployment rate we have the lowest debt to gdp ratio highest revenue to gdp ratio we achieved the highest credit rating. So the economy was on very solid ground prior to the pandemic. During the pandemic, like the rest of the world, our economy suffered. And that's not because the economy is weak. It's because we asked everyone to stay at home. Uh, because at that time, we did not know what the virus was about. We uh, were not sure what the effect was on the people. So everyone had to stay home. We imposed the most stringent uh, enhanced community quarantine. Uh, because we were uh, risk averse 
So that mm-hmm. led to the biggest contraction. Now, two years later, we totally reversed our policy. We moved from risk aversion to risk management. We are trying to balance COVID and non-COVID concerns. What are non-COVID concerns? People need to eat. They have to get jobs. They have to treat their cancer and diabetes and non-COVID sickness. So this balancing allowed us to open the economy and achieve the highest growth rate compared to other countries. So uh, we have already recovered our losses in the last two years. Uh, Our uh, economy is back where we were at the start of 2020. However, we have to catch up. And there are still some sectors that have yet to be fully opened, like schools. Mm -hmm. So the soonest we can fully open all the sectors, especially school, and the remaining provinces in alert level two, the faster we can uh, recover our uh, pre-pandemic growth trajectory. Let's talk about those sectors. And particularly, alam ko, uh, meron kang, meron kang ano, malaking opinion sa pagbubukas ulit ng mga schools. Uh, what are your thoughts, Secretary Carl? Well, uh, you know, every one of us are what we are today because of our education. You know, the average Filipino, they don't have that much money, power, influence. They have their education to back their career and their future. Uh, so, uh, in the same way, education is the highest priority, I would uh, say, uh, and our best gift to our children. Now, if they don't go to school for face-to-face learning, they miss out a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. The studies we have seen show that online learning and module learning is only 30 to 50% as effective as face-to-face learning. Uh, they don't develop the psychosocial, emotional, and other skills, motor skills uh, that you learn from running, playing, and engaging in physical education. So we are going to see the future of our children badly affected. In fact, NEDA estimated 22 trillion peso worth of losses in future income because their productivity is not going to be as good as when you study. Uh, In other countries, they have already resumed face-to-face learning. So this is basically our idea. Uh, We are already in alert level one. The children can do everything. They can eat in the restaurant, play in the playground, join parties. But their most important job, which is to study in the school face-to-face and maximize their learning, is not there. That's why we are uh, pushing for that. Plus, you know, one-third of mothers can't go to work because they have to sit beside their children. Kasi sila yung nagbabantay sa online class, they manage the attention span. Uh, so th- that's why we are uh, very concerned. I think any parent should be concerned. Uh, and in the, the fact that the children can do everything except study in, inside the classroom is a concern. So we, we are pushing that. And uh, we, we hope that can be addressed soon. Uh, it's not uh-huh. nice to have the third school year where the children are not in school. They're you know, physically in school. It's, so it's, also good, it's also good for their psychological development. No? Yeah, definitely. You know, the number of uh, children uh, with eye problems have increased. I talked to my right. eye doctor because they're just yeah. at home. Uh, their eyes are trained to read uh, modules or watch the iPad or the tablet. 
they're not trained to look at the birds and run and look at the sky when they're outside. No? So, yeah, those are the effects that we have to manage. Dinedread ko lang siguro yung traffic sa Katipunan once they all go back to school. Pero I, otherwise, I think you're correct. Uh, Secretary, anong comment mo sa, sa, ano naman, sa marketplace? Uh, you know that the hybrid setup is, is ano, it's the, the thing right now. So most of, let's say, my clients and most of the companies, para silang may 2 to one model. Um, yeah. And even the world, uh, sorry, the, the, the world journal was saying that that's the prescribed uh, parang ideal setup. Two days at work, two days at home, and then one day autonomous decision where to go. Okay. How does that affect your projections? Kanina sabi mo kasi, NEDA may projection kayo that productive, productivity going down, it affects the economy. Paano projection niyo with, with that kind of hybrid okay. setup? Yeah, you know, I'm fine with whatever the private sector wants to do so long as they comply with the law. You know, the hybrid setup can work for some, cannot work for some. If your uh, if your institution or company requires a lot of teamwork, uh, online meetings sometimes don't fully work if you have experience. Uh, sometimes uh, BPOs, they don't work also because I've had the chance wherein the rooster was crowing uh, at the background of the BPO agent who's taking the calls at home. And then I have a meeting with my staff. The dogs are barking. So you have to look at it this way. Any overall effect? Now, if, you, if your job is not, uh, does not require interaction, maybe that's okay. But if the job requires interaction, teamwork, collaboration, communication, then you, know, you have to show up because that's the model that works. So, so in, in, in general, it's up to the private sector. But eventually, there are uh, some companies uh, whose uh, experience will show that hybrid will work, but some will show it doesn't work. So it depends, really. All right. Thank you for that. And that's a separate topic altogether that I think requires another episode. And I think we're also planning to do that. Secretary Carl, I'm going to go back on track on the, the list of questions that we have. Um, one of the critical issues during the election was the national debt, yung, yung utang natin. And, and I know that there's, a, there's some effort to, I mean, re, not reduce the potential growth of that. Because um, potentially it could be $16 trillion, but now we, you kept, uh, the administration kept it at bay at $13 million. But of course, lala uh, no election, nababanggit na during the previous administration, it was only $6 trillion. But now it's 13 trillion. Um, what do you take account to that uh, to that growth? And then, what do you think the next administration should be doing in order, uh, I mean, in order to reduce uh, the national debt? Okay, let let me begin with an analogy. Uh, all families, all households, hmm. uh, sometimes they need to borrow because they need to invest in yeah. their business. You need, they need to uh, invest in a new house or a new car that will make them more productive. You know, borrowing is good if you use it in a productive manner. In our case, we borrowed for the infrastructure program. But it's not 100% borrowed. Eh? We raised tax revenues as our equity contribution uh, to show that we are responsible. Now, mm. during the pandemic, we had to borrow because everyone had to be helped. You know, we have to give subsidies to the business. We shut down the economy. We have to give ayuda. We have to borrow for the vaccines. 
So the, the point is, uh, so long as it's used productively, then borrowing is actually good. But we have to balance. We cannot just borrow everything. Bar, yeah, uh, we, we have to find the best use for our borrowings. And that's what I believe we did. Uh, we, we avoided uh, excessive borrowings and everything we borrowed had a purpose. And most of them went to the vaccines, the healthcare, and to help the people uh, who affected. And the economy, as I mentioned, is very strong enough to repay all the debts. Uh, we, we did not uh, at any time in the last three or three decades uh, renege on our borrowings. Instead, we built and strengthened the economy and used the borrowings uh, productively. That's why we were able to bring down our debt from 70 plus percent to 39 percent of GDP. Now it's temporarily up precisely because of our COVID-19 needs. But uh, we, we have a very strong economy that can uh, 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 that can uh, repay all those. So is it safe to say that COVID-19, what would our national debt be? With, uh, with it will be towards 30% of GDP. Okay. Okay. We, are, we were on track to achieving that. Mm -mm. And so having said what you said about uh, you know, borrowing purposefully, and managing uh, it well, good stewardship and all that. Uh, what do you think the new admi the, the next administration should be doing? Uh, parang as a foresight, what what advice would you give them? Ano ano dapat nilang gawin to to reduce that or parang be better at the the things that are going to happen? Well, uh, you know the temporary increase in our debts. Uh, we we have to bring them down, and there are three ways to do that. Okay, the first one is you grow the economy. Uh, the, the, the growth of the economy will pay for the borrowings. Why? Because if your economy grows, your businesses are earning. If they're earning, they are paying more taxes. And the taxes are the one we use to pay our debts. Okay, so that's the first one, grow the economy. That's why we have to open the economy fully, get the children back in school, and hindi biro yung children, that's a big driver of our economy. Why? Because 30% of our population are in school. The dormitories, the cafeteria, the transportation, the textbook, all of this are driven by schools. The second is uh, we have to do some tax reforms. Mm. We can do it in the most equitably equitable manner. And the third is we have to uh, look at our budget and prioritize. You know, everything is uh, prioritizing it. Uh, you want to do many things, but your resources are limited, so you have to prioritize. So those are the things that uh, the economic team of this and the next administration fully understand. And I, I believe they will uh, implement that uh, strategy. Maganda yung mga suggestions mo, ha, Secretary Carla. And I took note of that. And, and time flies so so much, so fast. <laughs> Very fast, always. Say 30 minutes natin. Uh, for the remaining two minutes, uh, Gusto ko lang, ano, gusto ko lang magbigay ka ng message. But before you give the message, actually, I think some people are curious, and I hope you don't mind me asking this. What's next for Carl Chua? Uh, uh, I, will, I will rest and study something new to be more relevant in the future. And everyone, that's I so, think, should have that mentality. That, that's, that's good to know. Any final words that you want to give to our listeners and viewers? Our topic is on uh, the economic outlook. How, how can you encourage our fellow Filipinos uh, for the next six years on what's going to happen to us economically and how can they hold 
tight and be more proactive in uh, in growing. Because individually, in families, gusto rin naman umasenso ng mga kababayan natin. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, the NEDA has an ambition natin 2040. In tw- by 2040, we envision the country to be a prosperous country where no one is poor. Mm-hmm. And that is not like a gift uh, that you can get free from heaven. Everyone, you and me, the government, the private sector, all have to work together to achieve it. Uh, my personal advice to everyone is to be involved in these issues, to distinguish between facts and non-facts. Because, you know, starting with the facts can uh, help a lot in understanding the need for reform. So I, I would advise everyone uh, to be involved, uh, to be part and a stakeholder in our economic recovery and our ambition in 2040, and to be personally involved in policy issues and to support them with facts only so that uh, we contribute solutions rather than uh, other things. Thank you very much. I love it. I love what you said. I mean, get involved, participate, distinguish facts from fake news. I mean, yes. try to be more proactive in that. And uh, we, 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 want to, we want to unite. We want to be able to help the government because as we help the government, we also help ourselves. Alamil, Secretary Carl Chua, I'm one of your admirers. Uh, I, I'm one oh, of those. Thank people. you. I wish you had a longer tenure because oh, I, I wish. Yeah, I wish you or someone else would join government as well. It's a great <laughs> experience where you can contribute solutions also. Yeah, exactly. Let's not be part of the problem. Let's be one of the solutions. Again, Secretary Car- uh, Carl Chua, thank you for being with us. We appreciate your insights and we look forward to whatever endeavors you may be doing, which I know can contribute to nation building. Okay. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Again, 30 minutes has run so fast. And that's another breakthrough episode from us at Philippine Star, Career Guide, Salt and Light Ventures, and of course, Breakthrough Leadership Management Consultancy. I'm your host, Boris Joaquin, wishing you all the best because no matter what the economy has for us, it's really our perspective that really matters. And may we continue to create more breakthroughs for ourselves and for our country, the only country that we have, the Philippines. Thank you and God bless everyone.